0: Just cleared his throat. I'm also in the Grotto Pod. Bridget Quinn is here with me in the Grotto Pod, winning at a lot of life, but not all of life. Not all of life, because really, who wins at all of life? I know.
1: And I was just saying, I'd rather win at some of life and lose at some of life than I, have me- mediocrity. In right.
0: Life. I had these friends once who seemed like they were winning at life. neither yeah. of them could sing. Could uh, not hold a tune. Toned down. Not
1: enough. That's
0: uh, not they enough. They got divorced. Okay. So not then, winning at life. Then okay. Yeah. Uh, notable today that we are back for our second round in the Grotto Pot. i
1: on one of the hottest Februarys on record. To back
0: days in back to back sessions, not even days.
1: No sessions.
0: Sessions. And we took an hour off, and now we're back. Hot. It's hot. It's going to get hotter. It got real hot in our last uh, episode. I, know. I
1: feel bad for Kimberly.
0: Kimberly Lovato is joining us today. Yay. Shortly, she is, and a,
1: she's used to the good life, in my she, opinion.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say the research I've done suggests that she lives a pretty good life. It looks nice, her life. Uh, I don't want to begrudge her for her good life. I Not think at she, all. We're going to find how hard it, you have to work to get the good life, I think, today. Right, because
1: I think that's, um, I think Kimberly's life, I mean, we should say Kimberly is a travel and food writer. Yes. She has a new book called Unique Eats and Eateries of San Francisco. Which sounds like it'll be fun to research,
0: uh, and which is fun to read. You know, a couple it's things. Really fun I don't to want to give away too much, yeah. but I think among those types of books, and you know, it's a pretty crowded field, and we'll talk about that a little bit. This one I find very easy to read and sort of um, how would I put it? It's Perfectly neighborly. organized. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. really well organized. It it's kind of like
1: walking through the city.
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't give you too much information. It gives you a little bit of history, and
1: I like the photographs because they're they feel like. You're looking at stuff.
0: Right. And, and just to, to, to let you in behind that the curtain. kind of weird. Looking at stuff. what right. kind of stuff. It's but organized. It's just like
1: if you were walking around.
0: Yeah. It's organized with, uh, you know, little one-page chapter, two-page chapters on restaurants in San Francisco, uh, organized alphabetically. And each, I mean, each one is, what's that, like a couple hundred words on each? Just Which real is nice. really hard to do. It's real hard to be that succinct and cram as much in there as she does while yeah. making it seem breezy.
1: How is and, it and fun to read. It's like a fun read. And oh, I'm horrified at how few of these classic places I have been. Oh, this is unique. Um, but I think <laughs> a lot of these are like They are, whereas classic. I, you've been the avowed all, San Francisco yes.
0: hater, has been to most.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go to a bunch of them. This one, Cinderella Russian Bakery and Cafe, is in my neighborhood. And you, you I haven't,
0: haven't even been there. there.
1: No, but okay. I'm going to go now.
0: That's it. Get out. Just okay. get out of the grotto pod right now. I'm <laughs> kicking you out of the grotto pod.
1: Don't touch um, me, my friend.
0: This is just Kimberly's latest feat. Uh, her first book was called Walnut Wine and Truffle Groves, Culinary Adventures in the, I'm going to mispronounce it, Dordogne. 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 I don't know.
1: We'll ask her to do it.
0: Uh, that's a region of southwest France. She so that
1: sounds like it was very arduous to research
0: <laughs> <laughs> truffles <laughs> in France. It might have been. She's, I know. I don't want to say that. Uh, a Francophile.
1: Yeah, for majored, good reason. Majored
0: in French in college, I believe. We're going to find she out She definitely speaks her. French.
1: Well, she lived in Brussels. Let's get her
0: to speak some French. Yeah. Yeah, that'll bring, I'll, I'll bring uh, our cue yes, the roof. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, I think what we're going to find from Kimberly, whose uh, professional life appears to be breezy and easy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. She has written uh, a travel guide for Michelin. Uh, she Michelin? Has, she has published in every travel... Yep. Publication and website you can think of
1: anthologies anthologize, yeah. anthologize and
0: anthologizing best travel writing and best women's travel writing. A couple of things.
1: I just got a text saying she's on the way up,
0: and she's on her way up. Hey, that's fantastic. Uh, what else can I say about <laughs> it before she gets here? Um, she does a uh, reading series for travel writers called the weekday Week- Week- Wanderlust. Wanderlust series. I'm interested to find out about that. I'm interested to find out it, it, so. Do you think there's a community of travel writers? There is. So the nature of the oh, game doesn't keep them apart from each other. Oh,
1: my gosh. There is a total community of travel writers in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. we need to talk about that, which that's a that's a good topic you hey, hit upon. There you go. Uh, and also, you know, there's a group of people, I think – Travel writing is one of those dream occupations people right. have, and There's so a lot of people
0: want to be travel writers,
1: right? And so there is a kind of uh, industry is maybe too strong a word, but you there are many places you can go to study travel writing mm-hmm. because it's something people want to do, right? Like you get to travel, you get to eat good food, mm-hmm. and it sounds like a grand adventure. Of course, it's tons of legwork and tons of journalism. Actually, um, mm-hmm. making sure you know what's a lot you're of talking, talking to about. strangers too. A lot of scary stuff like that. I want to
0: find out her strategy. For oh, how she—that's
1: smart, yeah. Because
0: part of um, the San Francisco book—I haven't read the France book—but the San Francisco book has a lot of not long interviews, but little quotes, you know, from right. either chefs or right. uh, owners or
1: people patrons, know.
0: yeah. So uh, she has to make herself available and approachable and approach people to talk to them.
1: Uh, speaking of which, so I'm so afraid easy. she's going to ring the doorbell, and so and that. Makes Let's get out of nice, here. Then and people don't like that. So here All I go. All right.
0: Here she comes in just a moment. Okay. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Grotto Pod. Um, I made her take off some clothes. You know, I don't even know what to
1: do with that. But it was the right <laughs> thing a you lot. said. Hashtag me too. That's the after-hours grotto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Not clothes like that. Just a blazer. So originally,
0: when we were trying to book you on the Grotto Pod, um, your San Francisco book, unique
2: eats yep, and unique eateries, keep. was pretty new. But now it's been out for a little while, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's been, it
2: was released uh, mid October.
1: And one of the reasons actually we had to pause or we thought about it was because there was a bit of a tragedy. Kind of maybe every writer's nightmare, was it?
2: Yeah, I mean right before Christmas, the warehouse of Reedy Press, they're located in St. Louis, the the warehouse caught fire and burned all of their inventory including my brand new shiny book. Ooh, so I had basically one box left and some events scheduled oh that I had to cancel. God, it's and... a nightmare. But
0: so how do they rebound from that from your point of view? Like how do they say, "All right, don't worry, we'll have books."
2: You know i I think I was one of the lucky ones because they had an they've published books for many, many years, so I right. think they're obviously insurance covered a lot, but they had to make a tough decision on which books they would reprint. So they reprinted uh, new titles, right. so I was I guess you could call wow. one of the lucky ones because my book had just come out a month earlier. Um, but I do feel badly for some of the authors whose books are basically. I hate it's to done. say it up in smoke, but up in smoke. <laughs> well, and also, it. it was right <laughs> before. Each time we
0: can get a Cheech and Chong reference on <laughs> Oh, yes, so I'll, that's, yeah, true. Oh, that's right. true. I'll, I'll yes. try
1: to work that in more yes. if you can. Uh, but also, I mean, it is. It's right before Christmas. You had a great lodge. There was a lot of buzz. And then it does feel like. Yes,
2: fun. there were a few pretty big events. I had to cancel one of them at Ghirardelli Square. Like, is it for the- possible to redo? It is. I mean, that was for their uh, Christmas tree lighting, so, oh, you know, they're probably goodness. not going to put up a Christmas tree in February for me, but no. there is some good news that the Cheese School of San Francisco is in my book, and they are actually relocating to Ghirardelli Square. Ooh. I'm not sure if that's public yet, Were but it not- is they now. Were <laughs> they
0: just on Powell? Was it Powell or, or right by Bay Street?
2: Uh, you know, I'm gonna look it up. I, I can't remember that they were in the Mission. Oh,
0: they're in the Mission. Uh, yeah, yeah. So,
2: but they're moving to a yeah, pretty nice school. space in oh, uh, Girardelli Square. So I've been in contact with them, and we're probably gonna try to do something in April when they go in there. Sort of a book.
0: But so, how long was t- the period of time before you heard my books are gone versus oh, good, I get new books? Uh,
2: it was a couple weeks. And so how were those
0: couple of weeks?
2: Well, I I had a feeling they would right, it's redo my book. Yeah. It was brand new. I think it had done pretty well in the first month, mm. um, though I, I don't actually have the numbers, and they were Darlene, pretty ex- nobody does. No one. Does. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the truth. No, no. Okay. <laughs> nobody has the numbers yeah, on the podcast numbers too. Okay. <laughs> yes, well, and this is a brand new series for Reedy Press, oh, so good. they were. This was among six books that kind of came out at the same time under the same title, Unique Eats
1: and Eateries of
0: Different okay. Fill in the Blank. Okay. So. Ooh,
1: it's a Series. Yes. That's fun. Yes. So it's like Michelin Guide or Zagat. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're going someplace more and you.
0: Accessible though.
1: I know it's way more entertaining. Yes. It's a, like real yeah. story. Hopefully, it's a little easier to read than a Michelin Guide. Right. I guess I just meant um, series. Oh yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I totally do not want to give people the impression but, that this is some rote list. These are. <laughs> Pithy and fantastic As we discussed in the tales. intro. Yeah.
0: But I'm sort of stuck on this idea. You know, we talk a lot about the potential pratfalls that can sort of sidetrack a writer on their way to publication. and that's one we hadn't really thought of before. Right, me
2: either. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was one that came out of left field and wasn't anticipating
1: that one. I <laughs> so mean, it's, that's you had to hard. you had to laugh a little bit. I, had, I, do, I did laugh, especially because yes, there's Definitely. something food sounding about the smoke. Like <laughs> <yeah. So laughs> <we've> been, <laughs> the good news is we barbecued. <laughs> yes, we barbecued right over the flame. <laughs> right. Uh, well, anyway. So, but moving on from that, um, how's it going now?
2: It's going well. I mean, it. Uh, you know, on top of uh, just the book, the book warehouse fire, um, you know, the thing is, you you know, as a as an author, it's you have to, again, not to make a reference to heat, but strike while the irons hot with right. these books. Right. So and there's a limited time. There's a limited time. And so I feel like a lot of um, opportunities for events have waned, but... I also have put a little less effort into it lately. We had to get through the holidays, of and course. we moved back into our house. So now that I'm back and focused on it, I'm trying to drum up a little more interest. So here's I really appreciate news. being here.
1: <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. And here's the good news. To quote my father, uh, people always need to eat. This is true. So it's mm. a perennial topic. Yes, yes. That I is think.
0: true. Um when you write a book like this... Is there anything written to the contrary that says you have to come back and update it when things change, like the cheese school moves?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I mean shoot. I didn't think about that. Well, already in this edition. So there's the edition pre-fire, and then there's they nice. gave me the, the good news is the opportunity came to r- correct anything and update anything with the reprinting of the book. So I had learned of one uh, restaurant closing mm. Now, oh. now three are closed in here. So oh that does gosh, happen. That's, so that's the nature of restaurants, it's though, true. especially yeah. in San
1: Francisco, well, as well, we I mean, know. I one good thing is that um, every listing has a website, so Yes. so people can check it out. In okay. fact, I didn't
2: even really want to put in addresses
1: because right. people move, they yeah, yeah, yeah. expand. I, I want yeah, you, you, like you like want them? addresses? Yeah, you don't want, want to have addresses. to go to the
2: website and look. Yep.
1: I but totally that, get it. That brings up an interesting topic, though. Why a book like this in the age of the internet?
2: yeah that is that's a good question and I have the same thought too. but I, I personally um, love holding books still. Same. Same. Um, and one of the things that they the, the publisher really um, wanted in this book, and I hope that I put it in was like like you said, personal stories. Mm-hmm. and I suppose you could go to the internet and read those, but no, as you're as you're in a restaurant yeah. or you're flying or something like that and you're checking out where to go. You can kind of glance at this and get a little backstory about what, you know, like Aaron London, I love his story um, about how what he did on the day that his restaurant was announced as the best restaurant in the country, you know, and, um, you know, that's stuff that might not be found on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So that was right. kind of my goal is to dig a little deeper mm-hmm. and maybe... Tell some stories that weren't found online. Yeah. Some of the stuff, you know, I found online myself and tried to angle it a little differently. But it's a good question. The Internet and apps really can tell you everything you want. Yeah, how
0: so do, How do you train people then to say, hey, there's more here than you can get on the Internet?
2: Yes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's people coming out and hearing me talk about it or... Or, yeah, but that's I was a saying to Larry, yeah.
1: uh, there are places in here, Burma Superstar. Yeah. Like these are in my neighborhood, and I yeah. didn't know any of these. Yeah, things. Bridget has something
0: oh. to confess. And I've gone to almost none of She know these never knows oh. the house. <laughs> I don't. It's not <laughs> true. I, on the other hand, have gone to a lot
1: of. Have you? Yeah. Yes. And when you've was, never been to Burma Superstar? I have, well, there's always a line. I have been Burma a Superstar once okay. because okay. of the line, but I didn't really know all the little right. dates. Like I just went because it's supposed to be good. I've never been to Cinderella Bakery, which is blocks from my house. Right. That place is great. And but but also more to that. Yeah, I could look it up online, but I wouldn't get this little picture, this yes. little like portal right. into right. a place, and that's what's really nice about it. And if I were coming to San Francisco, I would. This is the book I would want to read on the plane,
0: or it's something you would buy for someone who's moving to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. You
1: know. Or if you live in San Francisco you're for right, twenty years, like right. some people, and never apparently. Well, anymore.
2: and that was the hope
1: too, is that yeah. San Franciscans
2: really learned something. I mean, that was the challenge: is picking the places. Of right. course, I could How only did you choose.
1: Do that?
2: Oh my gosh! I mean, there's a lot of restaurants in this town. Can we back up a second? Because yeah. okay,
0: I'm we're interested going fast. in the genesis of how you wrote this book. Did they approach you? Did you approach them? And it's a pretty crowded field. What yeah. did you? What sort of? What did you bake into it to use a food term? <laughs> so just make it rolling. stand out
2: um, Well, they approached me, which was really nice. Um, so they had seen some of my, you know, in my my day job is as a travel journalist. But I always. I write a lot about food mm-hmm. with my travel because I love to travel with a knife and fork. Um, so they awesome. they found How me do you get and, through security, <laughs> yeah, plastic <laughs> okay. knife and fork okay. nowadays. Um, they approached me, which was really nice, and then they they addressed the concept of they didn't want this just to be a like you said a rote list of restaurants. I mean, where to go in San Francisco? Top ten best brunches. I mean, we see those every right. day on blogs and everything, so it really was about finding the backstories, which was in the of the histories and that type of thing, little anecdotes that maybe you couldn't find, so um, that is what they hoped was would be baked into it to make it a little different and mm-hmm. stand out in, like what you said, a crowded field. It is a crowded field. Travel guides are crowded, yeah, and, and the internet has and... made it tough. I mean, I...
0: And who determined the wow. length of each piece? Because one thing I noticed was they were... Not they were internet sized. They were built for short attention spans, which right. we were talking about in the intro. It ain't, it ain't easy to do.
2: Hard. No, I feel like I've made a whole career of. Um, we probably can't cuss on the grotto. No, yeah, you can Oh, oh of cramming a thousand pounds shit worth of information in a five hundred word bag. Right. <laughs> so I yeah. do that every day for magazines, and right. and so when they said each, they determined the length. They determined the number of the by they I mean the publishers determined we can have ninety entries. Um, each one should be, you know, between
1: 350
2: to 500, 450,
1: 500 words. Now, you're a seasoned journalist. Let me ask you this because I have this problem all the time. Do you find that you're cutting 10 pages down to two? Yes. Uh, oh, still happens. Yeah, huh? it still happens. When you
0: kids and we'd ask, how long does it have to be? <laughs> I know. <words>? No way. <laughs> it's,
2: it's uh, yeah, and, you know, people – Short it's is hard. Short is hard. Short is hard.
0: But it's really I, – I think short is really rewarding. You oh, know, when, when you feel it like all, something, like all the comes together, and trimmed on, yeah, and,
1: and the Tetris pieces and all, and all slide, all slide in. in. Yes, it's so satisfying.
0: <laughs> and, and did they did they also tell you, you know, we want a little bit of local color in here too, some history, some talk to the people? Yes, what was definitely. The strategy? Uh,
2: that was definitely their strategy. I mean, they definitely wanted local color,
1: quotes. Um, did you take the pictures? I took a lot of you the photos, of yes. So i recognized yes. some of the people even though they're slightly hidden. Oh you Oh yes. And my husband with the big donut in front of his head and Bob's donut. Yeah. Yeah. Looking
0: That's oddly like Jell O on that. <laughs> <laughs> right it does not look like Jell-Biafra in doesn't. real life. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> um,
0: okay, then what was your strategy going in? You, you chose them all, I'm assuming. I did, and you just showed up and said, "I'm gonna look around." Uh,
2: yeah. So, I, the hard, the really, the hardest part was choosing them. Oh, I, I wanted, I, I wanted some. I really was a jigsaw puzzle, a Tetris field is a great analogy because always always yeah. gotta yeah. work Cheech and Chong and Tetris now <laughs> yeah just work them in um I wanted some iconic San Francisco places they have to go to the Cliff House if you're here right. you know historic places Tadich Grill and then I really wanted some places that maybe even San Franciscan hadn't since excuse me San Franciscans hadn't heard of so that was my master strategy and then approaching people was tough. Some people didn't want to be in it. I had a person in here who didn't, she was in it. She wanted to be in it. And then she was like, I don't think I want my picture in here. And I was like, well, we need a picture. Can I take a picture of your restaurant? And then she said, you know, I just don't want to be in a travel guide. And I, I could have put her in because again, I could just go to the internet and find the information, but I wanted people to want to be a part of it. But
1: but can I ask, I'm just curious because we're so used to self-promotion. What is the reason? Do
2: they not
0: want tourists in their um,
1: restaurant?
2: Well, she does. It's Café Jacqueline. I don't uh-huh. know if you know oh, them yeah, yeah. in it's got North four Beach. Tables. She, oh, Yeah, it's got maybe it. got ten tables. Got she's been it. there 30 years. She only makes souffle. I love her. I thought she'd be perfectly unique right. for my book. So good, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if she's just old-fashioned. Because I know. She gets, fills her tables every Saturday anyway. Right. I
1: mean, yeah. in my neighborhood, um, Arsico Bakery. Yes. And I contacted them. They never contacted well, me back. Well, I'll bet it's because. I don't know. I know nothing about it. Except that it's in my neighborhood. We used to go there all the time. Now we can't get in. Right. So and they got all they can handle. They have all they can handle,
2: and they didn't maybe want that. It's probably true.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe
2: they did. I don't so know. So that but, that was the other part of the challenge: yeah. is just getting people to want to be in it. Most ninety nine percent of people did, yeah. and then I really wanted some diversity. I, you know, you could write a whole book like this just in North Beach and the Mission alone. Exactly. Right. You know, easily, so right. easily. Trying to mix it up a little bit, making sure some of the stories, I mean, I hate to say it, were just boring stories. Like, I went yeah. to sh- school and opened a restaurant, yay. <laughs> right. You got you to gotta, you gotta choose, choose
1: it for more than just the food. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, and yeah. actually,
2: it, the, la- the least thing it was about was the food, actually. I mean... That's what I was just going to ask. Oh, I know you're a
0: Francophile, but are you a foodie?
2: Um, mm, that's a good question. Well, I'm a foodie in that I really like food, and I like to eat, um, and I appreciate... Um, the effort and talent that goes into food. But I'm not a foodie in that I'm, I'm not a food snob. Right. I mean, I'd just as be happy eating a, a hot dog as I would, you know, yeah. foie gras. Right. Maybe a foie gras on my hot dog. Is foie gras legal <laughs> still? I don't think
1: so. I don't think It's, it's gone back and forth. Yeah. And no, I think it's I think out it again, is. right? No, I feel like it's back because just last night I was oh. at a dinner where someone showed me a picture of a very large piece of foie gras they had in San Diego, but maybe it was illegal. Okay. okay. I
0: think in San Francisco. Oh, I see. Know. It's not a state
1: thing.
2: Yeah. I gotcha. No, so does that mean they can't sell it? They could still offer it like complimentary or?
1: I have no I idea. It's know. a great foie gras controversy. Yes. Yes. Anthony <laughs> Bourdain has a lot to say about it. But yeah, I digress.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, can, I, can I just say? Uh, so, I'm sure people say this to you all the time. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. I uh, um, know you, your life is too good. I know your life is awesome. <laughs> uh, and. <laughs> but I come, remember, I come home and I have homework. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, right? That I was saying to Larry, in a way, what Kimberly does is what, uh, what many people think the writing life is going to be and what they hope for it to be. And I'm sure there is an entire industry of people wanting to be travel mm-hmm. writers and food writers. And it's kind of like when people <clears throat> say to a novelist, like, oh, I have a novel in me. Right. I just am working. Yes. <laughs> travel
0: writing is like playing the bass. It's really easy to do badly.
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I um, my question is twofold. Um, how, you know, how do you, how did you get into being a travel writer? And, you know, what are the skills that you think make a good travel and food writer?
2: So I'm going to answer that question first because it's on the top of my mind. And I remember a travel editor, actually it was Spud Hilton here in San Francisco, uh, when I was, I had been writing for a long time. I worked for a newspaper and I moved to Belgium and that's when I started getting into travel writing because I was there and right. stories came up that were In Europe, but he said to me, "I'd rather have a writer that travels than a traveler that writes." Mm. And the nut of it is, be a good writer. And I get asked—I probably get one email or two emails a week, a phone call a week from someone someone wanting to be a travel writer. And that's what I tell them: take a class. I mean, just because you like to travel or have the opportunity to travel doesn't mean that you can be a travel writer. It doesn't mean that. I mean, it's great that you have the opportunity, but do
0: you feel like some outlets for travel writing, though? Kind of, I get a sense of whatever goes in. They sort of hammer it into a type of shape that they want it to look like. I was telling Bridget we stopped getting sunset because we couldn't
1: stand it. Yeah, Not how much they were alike. Yeah. And yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, it ha,
2: it did get very formulaic for sure, yeah. and and that is still the case. I mean, there are those travel. I mean. I'm not going to diss them because they're my bread and butter. Someone wants a go- where to go, what to see, what to do, mm-hmm. but just because they're in that formula doesn't mean the language has to be stale. Right. Also, right. Um, so that's the challenge: right. is how many times, how many ways can you describe the beach uh, without using the <laughs> words sand and sunset? I mean, it gets really hard. Face yeah, right. that
0: challenge in any. In any. I wrote about real estate for a long time. For, there
2: you go. Exactly. I mean, so I wrote about you paintings. You say spacious. <laughs> spacious right. or cozy. cozy. <laughs> or <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> cozy being the opposite of
1: spacious. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, right? You have to be a good writer, but you also have to be maybe a good um, experiencer of things and like alive yes. to the moment. You got to be able to talk to strangers, easy. too. Oh,
2: Well, be, talk about ask that. my husband about how many strangers. How do you get someone's life story sitting on the ski lift? I'm like, it's amazing when you just ask them. Someone a question? People love to talk about themselves. Yeah, interview skills uh, are the
1: best. Yes. And yes. So, can you give us some some of your tricks? I mean, you can ask a question and then how, uh, do you, how are you getting? Because not everybody's getting the good questions. You know, an what's funny is
2: um, often I get the best stories from people when they don't think I'm interviewing them, and I'm sure and I don't I'm. want to always be interviewing people. It's right. funny how people clam up or feel like they have to say mm-hmm. a certain thing when you are interviewing yeah. them. But for example, I'm working on a pretty big story right now, a four thousand word story, um, which. I can't believe magazines assign four thousand word stories anymore. But Is I know it for a print magazine. It's for a print magazine. It's for um, Southwest. the magazine, mm-hmm. the in-flight for Southwest. And that's a really good magazine. I it's a great magazine. Great Vanessa yes. has written for them. Don't,
0: don't sleep on those in-flight magazines. I
2: know, some and them that are one fantastic. has. Come around. It used to not be my favorite, but they're really um, focusing right. on some great I mean, stories. That's, that's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. But how I found the story was just chit chatting with a guy at a wine tasting up in Napa, and we started talking. And I said, "Oh, well, that's that would be a great story." So I asked him for his information, and then I called him and said, "Here's what I do. I'll would you more. mind if I pre-interviewed you? I'd like to pitch this." Um, so sometimes it's just being curious and friendly mm-hmm. comes up with. You know, right. comes up with an idea, and then, of course, you need to pursue it. And I I only pitched one magazine because I thought it would be perfect for them, and I was really... And it, it was. It was. It rarely happens that well, way. I'm I mean, gonna, that was definitely a home run.
0: <laughs> I'm going to wade into some hot water here because I, too, am fond of going to places and talking to strangers. Is it harder as a woman?
2: Um, well, I guess... I don't. I don't know because I'm not a man, so I don't know. But um, I sometimes I feel like maybe I don't want feel people to feel like I'm hitting on, on them. Mm, right. but if it were a man, like this happened to be a man with his wife, so I felt and I was with my husband, so I felt comfortable right. talking and then exchange, asking for his number afterwards for, for professional reasons. But yeah, I suppose sometimes and traveling alone sometimes gets a little sticky as a woman and. I'd like to go into this bar because I hear it's a great local spot with a local band. But a woman walking into a bar alone,
0: right? right. You know, I think about those things. Sure. I, it
2: doesn't stop me if I really want to, but I definitely think, you think about them more you and to I'm, be
0: more aware. You do, yeah,
1: you do. I do think that in some ways it could also open you up to more stories because, I mean, for example, if a man when I was younger, if a man was talking to me on a plane, I wasn't super friendly. Yes, that's And if true. a woman yeah. was, yeah. I was maybe a little.
2: Yeah, that's true. So
1: who knows? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm curious about um, you know if you're traveling a lot, if you're eating a lot, um, that can have an effect on your physique,
0: on your health, on your yeah. health.
1: On your sleep, uh, on
2: your family.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you seem healthy in all ways. Um, how do you? Is this a French trick you learned from <laughs> abroad? How do you do that?
2: No, I definitely love to eat and drink, <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely, as I've gotten older, realize I have to do it all in moderation. So mm, it's gosh, really hard. I, <laughs> I know the M word and the E word, exercise, but it's hard oh. to exercise on the road. Yeah, so really hard. yeah, I just have to, you know, I have to really monitor. The intake. I mean sometimes I I don't really go on press trips anymore, but there were press trips where you'd be up to, you know, five meals a day and by ten o'clock at night you just physically couldn't eat anymore. But when I'm most of the time I'm traveling on my own and I'm on a regular schedule. So I don't feel like I have to worry about that as much. Yes, the food is rich, lots of extra wine maybe in France or something like that. But at lunch and at lunch. Yeah, and dinner, I know. How often do you travel? Oh, well, it just goes in waves. This year I have a lot of travel scheduled. So, um, yeah, it goes in waves with the opportunity. And, and some like I was home a lot last year mm-hmm. because I was writing this book. So it's hard to write a book about San Francisco and not be in San Francisco. But um, so I took a little break last year from a lot of travel. But I go to France every year. I go for three months every year minimum. Oh, is your uh, husband French? Nope, he's, he's Canadian. Canadian. He's Canadian, and not even French. It's kind of like being no. French.
1: I mean, I, there, <laughs> he learned French? But. I have no reason to think that at all, other than seeing pictures of him. Yes. Or just. You just uh, see he
0: looks French to you. I don't
1: know, he has a certain. <laughs> he je will say be insulted. Quoi. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. He has a certain a certain <laughs> dapper je ne sais quoi oh, that I associate with not being American. So hold on. Oh, sorry, Larry.
0: So you go to France every year for three months. Yes. Whole family goes.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And do you use that as a base to mm-hmm. go? explore other stuff i
2: do and it, it has opened up opportunities so we've had a small apartment in the south of france for 15 years now i guess oh that sounds nice so it makes it easy to go and it's it might be slightly bigger than the grotto closet here <laughs> <Nah>. but it's <laughs> a, a closet? great oh, the grotto studio excuse me a very high ceilings lavishly outfitted yes we could cut a, so, could cut a yeah, what do they call that? Skylight. Skylight. <laughs>
0: that would be nice,
2: actually. <laughs> a vent hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Air would be good. Air Some would air be would good. be good. Yeah. Some sort I of am sleep. sweating, I admit now.
1: Yeah. See, aren't you glad that you yeah. left your yes, thank you. extremely attractive tailor blazer in my
0: office? <laughs> 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 um, okay. Just bringing it on back.
1: Yeah. That's your job.
0: <clears throat> you had asked how you got started.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you started as a journalist, it sounds like. Yeah. You went to USC. I looked at your uh, LinkedIn page.
2: I did. Are and you from I, down there? I am. I grew up in Burbank, California. Oh, and then I went to USC, but I was town. not a journalism major, believe it or not. French. French and international relations. Um, and then I did served you well. Yes. It was just something I was interested in. Hmm. I, I don't know why I never pursued journalism, even though I took a, a lot of classes like in high school and, and even at USC, oh, wow. I took classes, but um, it wasn't my major. And I actually worked for a big company for four and a half years right out of college a so big a big uh, international company. no it was a an electronics manufacturing well, a regular company regular old company, oh, a, a, company. company. Yeah. a
0: job a job on, i'm on my way
2: yeah i'm on my way I had to pay the some Tyler
0: more years
2: yeah had to pay some bills had to pay the student loans and mm. wasn't still wasn't sure what i wanted to do but about four and a half years in i said no i think writing is my calling wow. <laughs> so, so it really was that kind of sudden yeah, I mean, it had always been in the back of my mind, okay. but I just was young and not a lot of guidance and right. really had Same. to pay off the bills right. type thing. And so I quit and I took a job with a um, local newspaper. They took a chance on me. Which one? It Hold was on. in Palo Alto Weekly
0: Okay.
2: here in the Bay Area. So that was mid-90s, end of 90s, mid-90s. And, uh yeah, strangely enough, one of my very first stories was interviewing this new chef who'd come to town. And I think the restaurant's still there, Evia, Evia, however you pronounce it, Evia. It's part, I think it's the partner's restaurant is Kokari here in San oh, Francisco. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's how I started and said, yeah, this is it. So, but then we moved to Florida, and that's how I went completely Florida? freelance. Florida, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, Florida, <laughs> that was the headquarters yeah. of the company. My husband worked for the headquarters. Right. Is, uh, okay. based because there. you lived abroad for years. From Florida. We moved to Belgium okay. for six years and then back to... How was that? I, I like love, Belgium. I love living in Europe. I love living in Brussels. Yeah. Um, it's where really I started really hardcore travel writing because um, some of the magazines and newspapers that I worked for in Florida had some travel content they wanted to
1: um, assign. And, and then were you like dropping down into France to do work or were you also covering stuff in Belgium? Were you yeah, like-
2: so that's how my first book came about is because I was writing right. an article for the now-defunct Tampa Bay Illustrated magazine about a chef who was started this culinary tour company in the Dordogne region of France. And they sent me to write the story on her and... And Truffles And triples. And, and yeah, those were the good sense. old days. I know, right? <laughs>
0: So so the, the food Do came first, the travel came later.
2: Uh yeah. I mean I had done some travel writing while I lived in Belgium and then that. I kind of I kinda of think the food and travel I, I think of myself more as a travel writer who, you know, With some food on the side. (laughs) And I I like food as a part of travel. I think it's culture and history. get
0: the timeline right, did Belgium come after Florida or before? After. Okay.
2: So I moved to Florida and then I moved to Belgium for six years. Mm -hmm. So I lived there from uh, 1999 to 2006.
1: Wow. Yeah, so for six years. So your daughter was already born. Oh, yeah, trying, she I'm went doing first doing through seventh like,
2: grade yeah. in Belgium.
1: And in French-speaking or English? She went to an international okay. school, but, but we lived in a French-speaking neighborhood. And I have yeah. uh, friends in Ghent. Oh, I love Ghent. Uh, yeah, I love Ghent, too. And they're Flemish-speaking, and they do not— uh, it, There's like a pretty strict boundary between the French and the Flemish It there. is true. It's Brussels amazing. is
2: really the only official— bilingual part of the country. Yeah, I was amazed. <laughs> but ninety five percent of the people in Brussels at the time right. spoke Can French. French yeah. Or do speak French. That's their oh, line. Yeah. I didn't know that. And do
0: you feel by the time you got done living in Brussels that you had sort of solidified your career path?
2: Yes, yeah, I do. I mean, I really focused on travel writing. I started going to some travel conferences, travel writing conferences, and really focusing predominantly on travel. Is that
0: a tough decision, or is it easy as it sounds to those of us who don't? Uh, do it's writing? it's
2: <laughs> tough because just like just like any publishing, though, I don't think it's any any tougher than any other form of freelance writing. It isn't. I mean, you have to. No, I don't think so. I was going to
0: say, what's the prognosis for work for getting work?
2: <sighs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, right,
1: especially now, I would think with.
2: But it's, you know, I'm out, I'm pitching every day. I'm, you know, trying, I always toy between, okay, I have a great handful of magazines that I know if I pitch, they'll respond and maybe they'll hire me. Right. Or do I just blanket the whole industry and try to gather as many magazines as
1: possible? Um, Does it ever happen? Because I've never done that kind of freelancing. Mm-hmm. Does it ever happen that you suddenly have three stories you have to work on at once? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm working on,
2: I was working on two stories last week at the same time. One Big one, 2,500 right. words, and one, 500 words. So, and, right. you know,
1: it's, yeah. It's just the way of it things. It's
2: it. I wish it evened out, but it always seems to be truly absolute.
1: feast or famine. Just talking to Beth Weingartner about this last week, because I'm stressing about a deadline that's months away. And I'm, like, oh. stressing, stressing. And how do you guys do it? How do you manage yeah. the deadline stress all the time?
2: I, I, I tend to think I work better under a tight deadline. Yeah. When I have more Agreed. time and my flex with my schedule yeah. is loose, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll go have lunch enough. with friends yes. today. Sure. I get to oh, yeah, I can tomorrow. do that. I can get – I'll when I have champagne. Uh,
1: something, champagne. You know, do- the thing about your work is that everything seems like research. I would make everything. I would make everything <laughs> yes. research. That's I would be right. like, I better have an almond croissant
0: Since you, you sort of indirectly brought up your work habits, how do you work? And do you work while you're traveling or do you wait till you're back and sort of digest and then throw it down there?
2: Um, I, I like to work when I travel in the sense that um, I – if i take if i'm taking a lot of notes or interviewing mm-hmm. people especially if i'm interviewing people in french because sometimes i do have to interview people in french i want to transcribe mm-hmm. right away because i don't want to forget exactly mm-hmm. what they said and because i'm doing the translating it's right i want to make sure so i really do try to work as i go along at least take notes or or You know, put that exclamation point next to the quote that I want to use because sometimes the trip could be 10 days long and I won't remember what happened on day one or the person I met on day one. But I really generally don't write the story until I get home.
0: Do you ever find because you're juggling multiple deadlines that you're working, you're writing another story while researching a story in France?
2: Yeah, it's happened. Yeah, it
1: happens. Is it? That's so terrifying to me.
0: (laughs) Well, and it, it is a little less structured than I think a lot of writers like their work time Mm -hmm. and be when you're home how structured is it when you're here
2: it's pretty structured I mean I I I could be better at organizing my days but um like for example yesterday all I did was just like transcribe some interviews for this 4,000 word story and write the outline and and make a make a checklist for the next time I'm up in Napa because the story's Mm -hmm. up in Napa um so sometimes it's just like sitting down and and Organizing my thoughts in one place so that I can move on and work on another story at the same right. time. Right. Um, luckily, right now I'm I'm just focused on that story for the moment. But um, I have a couple pitches I've sent out that I. <laughs> It's literally terrifying to me. I know. I, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't pitch because <laughs> they might say yes. But then you also run out of.
1: <laughs> because then what if then you are right. like, oh, right. pipelines.
0: Yeah, dry. The, it's
2: really is filling the pipeline. Yeah, so it says it's
0: feast or famine too. It is,
2: and I, I totally agree that it is because um, it's not very linear. It's not like oh well, my this deadline's due May thirty first. So on June first, I'd love to accept that story. Exactly. Yeah, Usually exactly. an editor says,
1: I have a really tight turnaround. Can you turn this around and, in a week? And does it also happen? Because this happens to me even in my. Money much more uh, less less driven deadline driven world where I think something's done and I've moved on to the next thing and then they come back and say like oh I need a complete rewrite from beginning to end and or whatever and yeah. it's you were not planning that
2: well I always <laughs> yeah. plan for edits that come back maybe not on the yeah. 500 word stories yeah. they might just tweak it themselves or ask a quick question <laughs> but yeah. certainly on a I just turned in a, a 2000 word story and she came back with some edits and I always plan for those too
1: I need to be better <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's
0: we pretty. You w- said you're winning.
2: You're winning. I'm
1: winning in some things.
0: Yeah. So that was Bridget. it. I'm you're winning. not winning okay, in editing? <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and are, you writing, a- are you working on book two? I am working on book two. Yay. But I'm doing a bad job. Oh, no, you are? Okay, good. It's too uh-huh. early to tell. It's too early to tell. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm only doing a bad job as far as I am having a hard time managing my time. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So I need to learn from the master. Let's so
0: talk about book one, not your Okay. I okay.
1: know. Yeah, yeah, let's. Um, Way back then.
0: <laughs> so when. In two thousand seven you come back to the States, or two thousand six yeah. I think it was, you come back to the States. And you said this book came from an assignment. My first book? Yeah. Yeah,
2: Walnut Wine and, Walnut, Wine, Rose, and yes. Trouble Groves, Groves. Yes. Groves. Yes. I Not my, my title, title but yeah.
0: Really? <laughs> 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 it came from a from a shorter article? It did. And then what was the genesis of that? What made was it your suggestion? Was it someone else's suggestion?
2: Uh it was so that that one was published in the true, you know, traditional way where I thought the idea was great. I talked to the chef. I mean, one of the, what inspired me is she was, you know, way so the book published in two thousand ten, but I was down there in two thousand six, two thousand seven, mm-hmm. two thousand eight. I can't remember exactly when the article came out, maybe two thousand eight. And um I just love the concept of you know going to these you know, the source of the food. And now it's so, it's everywhere in San right, Francisco. Right, right. But at the time, and certainly not in Florida, <laughs> that just was not right. a thing that, I mean, it was all chain restaurants when I was there. So the wow. idea that she was in this Lemonade rural balance. part of Florida and the Dordogne is still quite rural yeah. part of Florida. I mean, Florida, France, France excuse yeah. me. Um,
0: you kind of- Threw me for a loop there. For yeah, a loop there. sorry. Wow, really?
2: <laughs> yes. Did You didn't know that Dordogne <laughs> no, was in Florida? There's two? <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe that's the uh, connection. That's Disney Dordogne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. Dordogne land. That's right. <laughs> um, so I loved the concept of, and again, I love talking to people and meeting people. And there, some of these people had been on their farms, family oh farms, for hundreds and of these years.
1: these are truffles. I mean, they're just a world yeah. unto themselves. unto
2: themselves. Yeah. And you're following this dog through the woods, like, what kind of voodoo is this, but, <laughs> um, and, and I figured it out and all that. Yeah. And I just liked the idea. So I, I approached her, the chef about, Hey, what do you think about writing a book about this? Would you be game and, um, you know, help with the recipes and the contacts? Oh, I'm sorry. And, um, she said, sure. So I, I wrote the proposal cool. and yeah, found an eight did the whole find the agent, you know, and then, uh, she found, the agent found Perseus books, and they said, at the time, we want this to be more of a cookbook. And I had kind of written it more as a travel log with mm-hmm. some recipes. So but that's my
1: favorite kind of cookbook.
2: Yeah. The travel log with the recipes? Yeah. Well, it became much more of a cookbook. They marketed it as a cookbook. Mm-hmm. It has, I think, eighty more than 80 recipes or oh. 40 recipes. Oh my gosh. It's, a, it's a cookbook yeah. now. But my stories are still in it, yeah. but it's, um, it, it became much more of a cookbook. But... It was still great to have but, it published. Yeah. And
0: An award winning book. Yes. The Society of American Travel Writers Foundation gold. Yes.
2: Oh, it. that was I a great for surprise. That's fantastic. as their travel book, right. so it was really nice that they recognized right. it. Yeah. Seeing
0: that for sure. So, what sort of cachet does that give you when it comes time for the next book? Oh,
2: well, I'm rolling in dough now,
1: you know. Are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> can't.
0: You're to shove she aside has. a bale of cash. To
1: yes, get in here. that's right. Carolyn C has a line in the Writing Life. Is that her book um, about the the grant finding truffle pig? Do you know. What the, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so anyway, she's got the, the award finding truffle pig on her. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Well, certainly, it was a big feather. in my cap you know it's a nice award a oh, so recognition nice. from fellow travel writers yeah. um you know did people ever did people call me and say hey would you like to write for me your award-winning travel writer no right. but it's nice to have on the resume it's a confidence totally. builder that maybe you're on to something that you're that you're on the right track that people appreciate your work that it resonated with some people people read it people read it that's nice um so that's
1: that's what it was. Can you more talk than a little anything. bit about, you said other travel writers? There, I feel like from the outside looking in that there's a community of travel writers in San Francisco. For sure. Yeah. So can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? How does that function? Uh, function in terms of
0: Do you have get togethers? Oh, yeah. You do the reading series too.
2: I do, Weekday Wanderlust. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that with Don George for, uh, and we founded it with Lavinia Spalding mm-hmm. as well, a Grotto member. Um, We've been doing that for five years. So it is sort of a gathering of people, the audience is mainly, you know, people who appreciate writing and travel, but we we bring three travel writers a month to read, uh, work, unpublished articles, something they're working on. Where do you do that? We do that now. We've just moved to the Mystic Hotel on Sutter, four seventeen Sutter. When's the next one? February 15th. February 15th. Next Thursday. Uh-oh, will this
1: be up in time? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's a, that face tells me. We'll have one in yeah. March as well. Yeah. March 15th. The Ides of
2: March. Yeah. We yeah, try to do it every March, month. Beware.
1: So can they find it at Weekly Wanderlust something? Uh, we have
2: a Facebook page. Okay. Weekday
1: Wanderlust uh,
2: is the best way. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, we do have a good core group of travel writers in San Francisco, I feel, that are out. Supporting each other. It's so I, I think it's supportive. It feels very supportive to me. I. I it's never, cool. If, and It I'm, looks very. It looks very fun from the outside. It does, and I'm sort of one of those people who believes that you know, the rising tide raises all ships. Mm. I don't. I don't feel like I wouldn't share contacts or help mm-hmm. people because I just that's me personally. So I feel like I. Well, you the reciprocity
1: has been the same, Lavinia, like, She's yeah. your friend, and a travel very writer, good and a book writer. I yeah. know, um, Kelly Martin. Kelly Carter. Carter was here for a while, who's also your friend and also a travel writer. Right. So it's like you have so buddies. So there's like a little posse
0: of travel. There oh. is
1: there is a pretty big posse of travel oh, right. writers here. And in San Francisco. Larry Haberger, is what yep. you say his last name? Yep. The publisher of Traveler's Tales. Um he's teaching at Connie's writing retreat. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Oh, I see. And, he will also yep. be and I will also be teaching oh, great. there. Yeah. So um, How Camp nice. Mokuleia, if anyone is interested.
0: Which is when? When is It is that? Yeah.
1: the second week of May, May 6th to 12th, and I think there are still spots available. That's
0: fine. Just blow off my birthday. That's
1: so fine. I thought <laughs> I'd come to Hawaii, man. That's <laughs> what a travel birthday. writer would do. I'll yeah. never say. say Somewhat, it. Some, uh, at some point May, in that range. May 6th
0: through 12th. Yeah. Now we know. Uh, okay. Is, is, is travel writing something that people do exclusively, or are there any dabblers in the local community? Is there crossover? Oh, yeah. Like,
1: do websites kind of, like, suck your... Juice? Free, uh, people's free blogging stuff?
0: Oh, yeah. I uh, don't, which I'm guilty of doing.
1: What do you mean by... What do you mean? Like, I don't know. I picture somebody who has a, like a sort of like cooking blogs, but they have like a travel blog where they go around places and they yeah. tell people this Or there's
0: someone it. who's a journalist who's got a big enough name. Let's send that guy to... Ethiopia. Yeah, that's happened.
2: I mean, yeah. that that has happened. But again, I think kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, in the end, just because you're right. capable of traveling doesn't right. mean you're capable of writing. Right. But if you're a journalist you're a writer, in another field, yeah. I, it's um, – you know, and travel writing has evolved. It's no longer just like Not that formulaic. Right. I mean, I love that people are able to tell good stories and, and a good writer, a good journalist in any field, I think can tell a good story even a technical journalist technical writer maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. oh I think so I don't know but I, I think, think so. I think there's potential crossover
0: because you speak French and majored in French we oui. is that sure
2: <laughs>
1: you said you wanted her to speak a little French oh no just, you know, please don't French. ask me you did you did it already she just did okay <laughs> there we go <laughs> um,
0: is that your sweet spot do you you know will, will you go to Croatia
2: I've been to Croatia five times so and I would happily go back. That. But um I, I, I do sort of feel like I there needs people are specialized more and more now, whether you're adventure. it's hard to be just a generalist anymore mm-hmm. and maybe that's in all fields too. You need I to do think
1: it's more getting Yeah. So I the feel like because I spend down.
2: a lot of time in France and because I speak mm-hmm. the language, it's it's definitely opened opportunities for me. I had some great jobs last summer that I was able to do because I was there and great access because I spoke French and right. and some of the other American journalists there didn't so that gave me a little bit of you know at dinner i could have a conversation with someone um so i definitely would say that that's my sweet spot but i wouldn't want to limit myself to just that and
0: is it to the point where do you always have to pitch or are you ever pitched 90%
2: 90% of the time, I am pitching, although it is nice. People do come to me now, which yeah, is yeah, nice. And I guess
0: your book, they pitched you.
2: They pitched me. National Geographic Traveler just came to me with a small piece on Big Sur. I'm not going to turn small that down. Big Sur. And, um, yeah, so magazines, like I write a lot for Virtuoso Life, which is a closed mm. circulation publication, a lot like Departures is for oh, American right. Express. So they're for Virtuoso Travel Advisors and their luxury
1: mm-hmm. travel space clients. There's a lot of magazines like that. They're yeah. great magazines. Yeah. They
2: want these and they're beautifully produced. They're beautifully produced. I and, and, so but too. I was going
0: to ask, when you got into travel writing, did you think that's
2: what it was? I didn't really know what it was. I think I'd like to say it was like the accidental travel writer. Um, but <laughs> there I really, might be a book in that time. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. But I liked the. Um, I just liked the concept of seeing a place through someone else's eyes. So one of my very first stories, for example, I was living in Belgium. I was writing for a Florida magazine, and there was a guy I knew in Florida who came to Antwerp every six Mm. months to buy diamonds. And Mm. I thought, wouldn't that be a cool story to follow him around Antwerp as he like Goes to these diamond bourses and oh, negotiates. Totally so it's a, on yeah. the surface, is a story about Antwerp, but really it was his yeah. Antwerp, and through this, so that's what I like is that, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's not just a story. I mean, because the destination in the end is rarely the story. It's right. right,
0: and that and that's what what I was referring to early. Kind of turned us off about turned my wife and I off about a lot of travel. Right? Like, yeah. And hey, well, then you know, go to this restaurant. And,
2: and you know, there's still a market for that. I mean, I think that's where oh, yeah. websites have been great. You right. know, if someone wants to just go. Look at where should I eat in San Francisco. Maybe they're not going to come across my book, but for someone who wants to dive a little deeper, they should. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How do I get my Google Analytics up there? So that anytime the word food in San Francisco come together, (laughs) that's what you need because that's probably a
1: often googled
2: pairing. Yes, probably. I would think.
0: Well, your next step is get a TV show. Is it sure? Food? Did you have something to tell me? <laughs> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Guest of the drama, wow. right? It's our own TV show.
1: <laughs> this is the best game <laughs> show ever. It's hot.
0: It's hot. No, and it's small. But that does seem but. to be another area of travel that is gaining popularity. All thanks to Anthony Bourdain. I know. Yeah, we just, I just watched one with the guy, uh, the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. Phil Rosenthal has a travel show where he goes and he eats.
1: He has a travel show? Yeah. Oh, really?
0: And it's a real kind of um, nerdy everyman type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not a seasoned traveler. He just shows up and they, they feed him.
1: One time I was in, I had this moment of like meta, meta, but still pleasure moment traveling where I was sick in Mumbai and on a hotel bed could not leave my hotel room to go into the city turned on the television and Anthony Bourdain was on and he was in Mumbai oh. so i got to watch anthony bourdain eat food in mumbai <laughs> and there was a knock it was almost the door. like being there. it was like it was better cuz it was yep. like air conditioned and you i was didn't drinking get tea, sick <laughs> i was already sick yeah. so and i just thought wow Aww. i just i'm so glad this exists <laughs> it's a great show it is a great show it and is. and I, like I do i it does make me more adventuresome like especially in the early ones when I, w- I had not really thought about eating street food in mumbai or whatever uh-huh. it was and i was like oh yeah that's what you do when yes. you go out and about you just eat whatever's there and i don't know it's I st- yeah it's just to
0: go a little bit past the rick steves thing and
1: right yeah. exactly and yeah i think the surface. for someone like me it was it was instructional for sure
0: so at this point you know you've been a travel writer for 20 years
1: yeah about there
0: where do you go on vacation and <laughs> when you do? Are you still working?
2: Good question. Mm. I I feel like I'm always working mm. because, for example, that wine tasting I went to it was completely for fun. And then I meet someone, I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a great story. I'm writing on my napkin, you know, <laughs> writing getting his phone number. Um, I well, I'm going to Nepal in a couple of weeks, oh strictly on vacation. That sounds amazing. So, as far as you know, as far as I know, I'm yeah. not. Plan- I'm not even sure I'm bringing my computer. This but, is how much of a vacation what? I want. I know.
1: So wouldn't you be just a teeny tiny bit disappointed if you didn't get like a little story out of it? Yeah. I, I might get a story out of it, yeah. but I
2: I wanted to I always want them to come organically. I, of I'm not going there in search
1: of one. I see, so, yeah.
2: um, but once you have a journalist eye, though, it's hard. I not so. to. I think so. It's know, hard to turn know, it, it know, off. Stuff. Yeah. And, um,
1: and can I can I ask why you're going? Like to do? I'm actually to. Hike to uh, I'm
2: not hiking. Spectate. I'm spectating. I'm going with Lavinia and oh. Jeff Greenwald. Wow. Who are leading a right kind of a writing workshop there? What? Yes. In
1: Nepal. In Nepal. And I thought. Is, what it I a, is it a travel writing workshop? Think I think it's... telling Larry that, but I well, think travel writing would be like a thing people would want to learn about. I think about. Mm.
2: it is... Travel writing in that Jeff and Lavinia are travel writers, but I okay, feel like it has not, a little bit of more not. of a spiritual element okay. to it as well. Jeff's been traveling to Nepal and has written many books about it. He's been traveling there for
1: like thirty I years. Know. That March sound like twenty a or vacation, February twenty second. It's very soon, but that sounds amazing. It's what kind of a vacation? no. Like vacation.
0: It's more of a retreat. Yeah, of, you know, but
1: that's the best
2: vacation. Well, I'm
0: talking about if like you're go a Disneyland lay on a with your oh, yeah, yeah with your kids.
2: Um, definitely and kids not going to Disneyland.
0: as are mine, but. Yeah. If you're anywhere. Yeah, if you're on the beach. If you're in Hawaii.
2: Yeah. I, I are do you thinking there's
0: something about Hawaii no one's ever thought of before? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be a
1: challenge, I think. But yeah, at this point, you might be yeah. Right, yeah. I think Connie's and got that covered. Paul, do you know that I was thinking about Lavinia just yesterday. Oh, you were? This is how writing touches people, people's lives. I was making a smoothie. Oh. And I thought, oh, I always put the protein powder in the liquid because... Ten years ago, before I knew Lavinia, I read an article that she wrote in Yoga Journal about how to make a smoothie. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> really? and, and I've always remembered, put the powder in before the other stuff. Oh, well, Lavinia, if you're listening, you, you impact lives. <laughs> I know. You changed my life. I make a much, much better and cleaner smoothie because of you.
0: <coughs>
1: that's just a small example. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're well. starting to get low on time. Okay. So this is the wrapping it up portion of the podcast. But I wanted to know... Um, you know, looking ahead. So you you had said earlier that your day job is writing for magazines, mm-hmm. and your kind of fun job on the side is writing books. You got another book coming down the pike, or what would it Ooh. take? Are I, these planned things?
2: Um, I oh, so this is my third book, the one, the Unique Eats and Eaters of San Francisco. And after my first one, I said I would never write a book again. So <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, it's a, as you know, it's a, it's lot, a lot of a lot work, work yeah. and you because oh,
0: right, you wrote a guidebook.
2: Yeah, I wrote I oh, wrote a Michelin that's, guidebook. That's really hard. Holy Moses. <laughs> We should just yeah. yeah okay move along. It was yes. about when I lived in Belgium and Mich- yeah. Michelin hired me to re- yeah. rewrite their guide and this new series they had. But um, that's a hired gun type of thing. It was point. a hired yeah, gun. That's like, quite different. Yeah, it was yeah. like here pay to pay to do this project. It's done. I never have to think about it right. again. Did, you get,
0: um, uh, did your name go on
2: it? Yeah, my name went on it. Yeah, okay. well on the inside, a little tiny print on the inside. <laughs> um, worked, but uh, radical, I am writing a new book and same publisher. They approached me to Excellent. do their one 100- hundred. Places to see in San Francisco before you die series. What? So I'm writing a hundred. A hundred. Boy, you want to talk
0: That's about a crowded field? That's a lot of
2: legwork. A crowded out. field.
0: People writing books about San Francisco. I know.
1: A crowded field. But no, a hundred things to do in San Francisco. I have a hundred places, places to, to see. Hundred places to see. Whatever. It's like so exciting. Yeah. yeah. I am super excited about that. So How,
0: now, where do you get input for that?
2: Um, you know, cra- a lot of crowdsourcing. So I'm writing it with another writer, Jill Robinson, who's mm-hmm. also a Grotto member, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to tag team this one with someone else because number one i try i'm traveling a lot number two it it is good to have two different
0: perspectives
2: perspectives. she's very out outdoorsy and sporty and i love food and you Mm -hmm. know i I can write the shopping part (laughs) and food and um so we're pairing up to do that and that'll be out in the fall as well oh my gosh that's soon it's very soon these pump these things out it's a really crowded space and yeah but you know the publisher was on board with it and approached us on it, so that's cool. So this
0: is just book by book, though you don't have a multi book contract. No, with them?
2: No, no, no.
0: Are well, you looking at me like I'm crazy? It's a legitimate I'm question. Not. I'm not at
2: all. I was looking. Yeah. That was a thoughtful. It was, a thoughtful yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I do not have a multi book contract. Yeah, maybe when I write the next, you know, Harry Potter. Yes. But
1: um, do you Harry, do, do you other
0: writing stuff. besides travel writing?
2: No, do you get, a little,
0: get a novel hiding in there somewhere.
2: I would love to have a novel hiding in me. You know, apparently, novel writers have these characters that live in them and talk to them, and I'm still waiting for mine to wake up. Yeah, and I don't
1: have, have a novel in either. Like that. <laughs> I have
2: food, That's right, I have food and recipes. Could and, definitely be worse. Well, that's last percent. night I did dream about. I do dream about food too. I was like, I wonder what like sea salt and chocolate would taste like on watermelon that was my dream last night and i woke up thinking doesn't it sound like it might be kind of good uh, yes no. delicious
1: what are you talking <laughs> about shaking. i love all three of i'm not things. a watermelon in guy in fact though so. if i were to say my three favorite foods that might be it okay well, wow
0: really then you're the one you're the target
1: I audience i am the target audience <laughs> well so i don't that know that i'm creating this recipe but i did think about it in fact is the only fruit i can eat really Why? That's What's not wrong so with the fun. other fruits? Why? why is oh, that fun? I them. It's well. It's not a fun. Well, it's just a fun fact. <laughs> fact. <laughs> it's an un-fun, unfun fact. fact. So I'm quite partial to watermelon for that reason. Oh. But at any rate, I would oh. like it with chocolate, and I would like it with salt. Okay. Well. Yeah,
0: whereas it took me forever just to get used to the salt and caramel thing. I'm like, I'll take one or the other. I don't. Oh, want really? Either. I love, I love them together. I'm what? getting more into it. I now, like
1: everything man. salty. Yeah. I'm not
0: very sophisticated when it comes to food. That's all right. I apologize, Kimberly. That's okay.
2: You are forgiven. Neither am I. I'll eat a hot dog. <laughs> I'll eat anything. Yeah, yeah good hot dog. Not fruit, though. Because I'm
0: a vegetarian.
1: Oh, you're vegetarian. Okay.
0: That's really limited. Veggie dog. You
1: could do vegetarian there eats. Some, yeah, some, that's, that's a good one. idea, actually. That is, yeah.
0: actually. I could do that. that then... Don't sleep on the veggie, dog. They've come a long way.
2: Oh, I would they try one. Some really I love a veggie ones. burger better than a real I burger. I know. As long as you don't
0: think of it as a substitute for a burger.
2: No, I don't. Well, yeah. the thing I like about burgers is not the meat itself. I it's like all the stuff. stuff Same though. with me. So, Same with me. My husband like often the Do you like
0: the ones the you get in a restaurant where it's kind of squishy or the ones that are sort of puck-like?
2: I kind of like the squishy ones oh, right. that are, yeah. Because
1: like, they're not
0: pretending to be a burger. Right,
1: guy. right. Have you yeah. had the ones that bleed?
0: No. Oh, the Impossible Impossible Burger. Yeah, I did. This, long story short, we were in Arizona and <laughs> my sisters and He's I am, putting down
1: his... And we <laughs>
0: ordered these burgers. Like, we want veggie burgers because yep. they were on the menu. Yeah. Or garden, whatever they garden were calling Garden burgers. Yeah. Or- so they come out and we each take a bite and we go, this is a real hamburger. It's screwed up. They gave us a hamburger. Yeah. And we called the guy over and we're like... Uh, I think you screwed up. And we are like, what? I can't believe I was in a bite of It's like, no, those are veggie burgers. Yeah, And my wife wow. who knows everything said, oh, yeah, those are those impossible, impossible burgers. I haven't
1: tried one yet. My sister couldn't finish it. She's oh. like, if I wanted a
0: hamburger, i could. get a That's hamburger.
1: what my husband says. My husband's vegetarian and he doesn't like the idea. Oh. And I am not a vegetarian and I thought it was great.
0: It's all right, but I think I prefer veggie But I think
1: the burger. audience yeah. is not vegetarians.
0: Oh. I'm pretty sure they're not.
2: What's your favorite veggie burger in San Francisco? Where should Good I go for lunch? <laughs>
0: there used to be, you know, the best one used to be, I can't remember the name of the place, it was on Divisadero. it was just a bar. Oh. But what? it's not there anymore. Oh, darn. Um,
2: I always like to try, though, when I see it on a menu.
1: I yeah. typically order it. Yeah, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely like, like
0: the squishy ones. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is something different. This isn't a hamburger. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's another thing.
0: It was Where's my falafel? Prim- it's on Montgomery I told I know, you let's we gotta go, go up there okay. it's a long walk you don't have the time okay
1: Speaking have deadlines. of time, <laughs> I
0: don't mean. we are out of time. Okay. We are out of time.
1: Oh, thank you for coming. Oh, this was so fun. But Thanks before for you go, me.
0: tell our vast and wide audience how they can get a hold of you on <laughs> your hungry. website, Twitter, et cetera.
2: Yeah, my website, KimberlyLeyLovato.com is the best way to reach me. I'm on Twitter the same, same way, Instagram the same way. Um, you yes. can order my book through my website. Um, do it. Do it.
0: Available wherever you buy books.
2: Yes, wherever you buy books. Independent bookstores. Course. Yes. at yes. your
0: local bookstore. Yes. As for me, uh, you can always find me at that Larry Rosen Twitter and Instagram. I didn't forget what Instagram was this Look at time. That. I usually do. <laughs> And once again, if you can't get enough of me, listen to my other podcast, Is It Good for the Jews? www.isitgoodforthejews.com. Bridget-
1: <laughs> Every time you say it, it's good for a laugh. I know, it, <laughs> it is, huh? great People, <laughs> t- title. It's such a high concept. I know, it's really yeah. good. Uh, you can find me at BeQuintrist on Instagram or Twitter or at BridgetQuintAuthor.com. I don't think Larry put his phone on airplane, airplane
0: mode. mode. No, that's my computer.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and was there something else? I don't know. Oh, let's thank Beth Wangarner and Laurie Doyle and Lee Kravitz.
0: Yes, and Sugartown. Yeah. and don't forget uh, to subscribe to follow yes. us on the Twitter at the Grotto Pod, and subscribe to the Grotto Pod, people. and tell a friend to subscribe. Yes. Tell everyone to subscribe to yeah. the Grotto yeah. Pod. It's great. You win. A, you win a free trip to wherever we say. You win your own. <laughs> where TV am I show. going? Yeah. I forgot where
1: I'm going. Oh yeah, I get a TV show. <laughs> you get to go order a veggie burger. Yay! That's it for us. BQ. Oh, everyone, listen. You need to read, write, and just keep working.